the reality that God can still be good even when he allows bad things to happen in our lives and that God can still be sovereign and in control and have a purpose and a plan for my life even when the things that are unfolding in my life don't make any sense. I'm not clear about it, you know, but that does not negate the nature of who God is. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 All right. Everyone listening today, I am super excited to have a conversation with Kia Stevens. She's with Healing from Father Wounds. And as you know, I hope you know, ladies, moms who are raising daughters, who are raising children without a dad, the key to healing from pain, the pain of losing a dad, no matter how that loss came, is our perspective and This podcast is based out of Perspective Ministries because I believe your perspective determines everything. And so, yes, we will grieve the loss of an earthly father time and time again. It is the journey of a lifetime. But in that loss, we are not left alone or without because God does promise to be a father to the fatherless. That promise from Psalm 68, 5 has been an anchor for my family, and you will hear that verse repeated over and over and over again in this podcast. But I'm super excited to have Kia here today. I learned about Kia and her heart for women dealing with wounds from an earthly father from Lisa Apollo. So welcome, Kia. I'm so happy to have you. Lori, it's great to be here with you and your listeners. Kia is a wife and a mom of two, and she's passionate about helping women to know God as Father. She's a writer. I believe you're a writer with the Proverbs 31 ministry. Yes, I am. That's super exciting. And she's a ministry leader, and she's here to talk to us today about finding healing from father wounds that stem from divorce, abandonment, premature death, abuse, incarceration, drug addiction or having a physically present father who is emotionally abusive. Wow. So that is some heavy stuff, Kia. So I'm praying today that our conversation will give insight to these moms who are raising girls without a dad for any of those reasons that we just mentioned. So Kia, please share your own journey of how you found God to be father and how you've experienced God as father in your own fatherlessness. Sure. And I want to say, you know, to anyone who's listening, I I would definitely say I'm still on this journey of, you know, understanding the concept of God as father. When you grow up without a father or an inconsistent father or, or a physically present but emotionally absent father, abusive father, whatnot, you can run the risk of perceiving God your heavenly father through the lens of the biological father that you had. So for me, my dad was absent a lot and I have to I have to push past the temptation to perceive God as being absent in my life. I have to push past the temptation to 
not trust God that he's going to do what he says he will do. Um, so I just want to make sure I state that because I don't want anybody thinking that I've arrived or mm-hmm. I have a corner on knowing God as father. I'm right there in the trenches with everybody else doing this thing called Christianity. Um, and so with that, uh, I would say my journey to really kind of know my father began in college. I was a college student and I was interacting with some friends my freshman year and a friend of mine said she made a bookshelf with her father. And when she said that, for whatever reason, it just um, shook me because Mm -hmm. I realized, oh, she had a relationship because to build a bookshelf, first of all, is no (laughs) feet, but you know, that takes time. That takes togetherness that takes an interaction with your father and I didn't know anything like that Mm -hmm. and I remember leaving her room doing the best that I could to make it down the hallway of my dormitory without crying in the hallway I was trying to get to my room so that I could cry in peace and nobody Mm -hmm. would hear me or nobody would know that I was impacted by the the type of relationship that I had and and how hers uh, casted a a sharp contrast between what I experienced and what she grew up with, and so from there I decided I was going to pursue my dad. I was I was going to go after him, and and everything would work out. I would be able to have the same type of relationship that she had with her father. Just add water and stir it right on up. <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. I I discovered it doesn't really work like that. You know, and when you come into your father's life um, after having not been there for a season or a period of time, you have to reconcile your idea of who you thought your father would be with Mm -hmm. who he actually is. Mm -hmm. And you have to make peace with that. And quite honestly, that's something I struggled to make peace with well into my adult years, you know, and I think discovering that, experiencing that type of disappointment really pushes you to the arms of God. You know, when you're at your last, when you're, when you're, when you're disappointed and, and you thought that you would experience something and you didn't get that and you don't have any other options or alternatives, most often we turn to God or Some might turn to alcohol or a man, which will eventually lead you to turn to God because those are just substitutes and and um, fillers, but they'll they'll never satisfy you. So exactly. Thank thank you. So, yes, those disappointments and really you didn't have a dad sounds like all the way up until college, but it took that experience of your this person sharing of an intimate time, even though building a bookshelf isn't intimate, but that relationship and that time with her dad, God used perhaps as a, he took that trigger to draw you to God as father, which is, which is awesome for you. I know a lot of women out there might, their experience might not be the same. Something like that might push them away from God. And so thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry for that pain of that loss. Yeah, you know, and and to my dad's credit, he was there early on. My parents got a divorce when I was just a baby. And then he was there off and on 
a little bit when I was in elementary school. And then there was a span when I was in high school. I, I really didn't have much connection with him at all. Um, you know, so I do want to say that. But I also want to say my trajectory to God was not a straight line. It was more like a, a spiral, spider web type of path. Uh, you know, there there were times where I was angry with God. There were times where I refused to speak to God because mm-hmm. I, I felt like, God, you are omniscient, you're omnipotent, you have all power. Certainly you can provide every daughter with a loving father. This is, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense why you would opt not to give a father to everybody and why why does she have one why why did she have this upbringing and and that's not fair so i i camped out there for a minute <laughs> i mean i'm i'm not speaking lit- a literal minute i'm saying for right. a very long time mm-hmm. i had to wrestle with god and and really make peace with the reality that god can still be good even when he allows bad things to happen in our lives and that God can still be sovereign and in control and have a purpose and a plan for my life, even when the things that are unfolding in my life don't make any sense. I'm not clear about it, you know, but that does not negate the nature of who God is. Absolutely. He's good even when our perception of good is different. And we all live with this storybook mentality that God should make it all perfect and beautiful. And and when it doesn't turn out that way, of course, the enemy wants us to turn away from God. That's his number one goal. But, you know, even when God allows evil things, and, you know, we know that from Genesis, where he says what was meant for evil, God took and used for good. So tell me, is there, do you have a brief story? I know there's moms holding on to every word right now. They um, are raising daughters without a dad for all different types of reasons and at all different ages and stages in these girls' lives. Toddlers, children, preteens, teenagers. And I know sometimes just hearing a practical story that we're saying often that God is father, but how does he father? So do you have a brief story that might stand out he didn't come down and build a bookshelf with you, but God, he showed himself to you in a practical way. Is there anything that stands out in your journey? Sure. I, I would definitely say my existence, you know, uh, my mom was a single mom mm-hmm. and I never went without anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, all of my needs and a lot of my wants were mm-hmm. met, you mm-hmm. know, um, by God's sovereign hand, we did not grow up in poverty. And I, I know many do, but mm-hmm. but I, I didn't, that's not my story. That's not my experience. And so I think that is one example of God's faithfulness. And I think also the, the fact that I spent many years discouraged and many years disappointed and many years looking for the affirmation, the love, the support that I wanted to receive from my father from other places, whether that be the opposite sex or that be whatever I was involved in, performing in or the performance trap, you know, and God somehow has sustained me 
He he has given me wholeness. He is helping me to become whole. And he's also given me a heart to help other women. And I think that is the faithfulness of God when he takes our painful experiences and he gives us purpose. He makes those experiences not a waste and not um, just a, a dark spot in our lives. But this now becomes uh, a tool in the hands of God that he uses to be the healing balm for other hurting women. And that is the faithfulness of God, that he doesn't leave us in the place of despair or leave us in, in the place of discouragement or feeling hopeless. But he takes those places in our lives and he turns them around if we allow him to do so, if we lean into him. And, and say that, I know some people might be saying, well, how am I supposed to do that? How do I lean into him? Uh, my best suggestion is that you stay. You don't abandon the faith. You know, some people say when you come to Christ, everything's going to be wonderful and, and your life is going to be changed. Well, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the struggles that you have before Christ, you will still have. But the benefit is that you can go through your struggles with Christ and having Christ as a friend, having God as a heavenly father that you can pour out your honest, gut-wrenching, uh, deep thoughts that you wouldn't want anyone else to hear is mm-hmm. a blessing and mm-hmm. a benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I I veered off the, the beaten path. I don't remember what I was talking about, but uh, I, I just want to say that um, the faithfulness of God is seen as we continue to walk with him as we continue to read the word we may not always feel like it we may not always feel like praying to him we may not always um, see the tangible manifestations of God being father but as we stay in our relationship and allow ourselves to be present allow ourselves to communicate every fear every concern every woe to God we will see him prove himself faithful to us Absolutely. And one of the things that struck me about your podcast and your message to women without a father is that you're so focused on talking about the character of God, that he is good, that he is kind, and that he is loving. And so at some point, God drew you to himself to look to him as a father that is unlike any father we would ever have. And of course, God designed us to have a father. We don't come into this world without a earthly father, but yet God is father. He's the, he's the ultimate father. And so you say that grief and honesty played a powerful role in your own healing process. So tell us more about that. Sure. And um, I do want to just go back to what you said uh, in terms of my podcast, Hope for Women with Father Wounds. Uh, I have been for some time focusing on the character of God, and I wanted to do that because I think in Christianity, we hear the phrase, God is a father to the fatherless over and over again. But if you, you know, break that down and try to comprehend it in in just a, a practical way, it can 
feel so ambiguous and, and difficult to understand and grasp. And so I wanted to, with my podcast, spend a little time, I won't, I won't talk about it forever, but uh, just talking about the character of God so that people can begin to understand, well, how can I see God as a father every day in my life or in the happenings of my life? What things should I be looking for? So when you begin to understand God is accessible, God is just, God is righteous, God is concerned about you, God is holy, God is good, God is loving, lavishly loves upon us, God is a provider or a protector. When you begin to understand those things, you can look at your life through that lens and begin to see, oh, that was God right there, and that was God right there, and this is God right now, and he is here with me. So I just wanted to say that because I know know we say in uh, Christianity, God is a father to the fatherless so much, and, and it may just leave people who are fatherless or who have father wounds wondering, well, exactly how is he going to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so to go on to your question about grief, and um, it was grief, and, and what was the other word you said? Honesty. Grief and honesty, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I I can't say enough about the honest part. You know, we have to be willing to even admit I have been impacted mm-hmm. by whatever my father did, whether mm-hmm. your father was an alcoholic or your father missed your volleyball game or your mm-hmm. father said you were fat or he said you were too skinny or he mm-hmm. said What's wrong with your hair or he didn't come to your prom or mm-hmm. he, you know, missed your first day of school. Your father was physically present, but emotionally absent. He died early. All these, they just happen in our lives. And oftentimes, especially when when we're children, you know, or teenagers, we don't take the time to properly grieve. Mm-hmm. We don't even know that we need to grieve. We don't even right. realize that this thing that happened to me when I was 12, when I was 13, when I was 14, when I was 15, when I was 16, when I was 20, when I was 22, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. thing that happened to me, impacted my development it impacted my heart Mm -hmm. and so step one is to admit and say you know what i'm hurt Mm -hmm. i'm angry Mm -hmm. i'm frustrated i'm mad Uh, so that was something that i had to do i had help i had a counselor to point it out to me and and at first i was like i don't think you know what you're talking about (laughs) But no, I'm being honest, but I did uh, take her at her word and and went through some um, suggested measures to process my father Mm -hmm. wounds. And I discovered that I was hurt. Mm -hmm. I figured that because my dad was absent, that there wasn't anything to forgive. But there were some things that he missed that I needed him there for. Mm -hmm. I needed him there to help me uh, help me walk through adolescence. Mm-hmm. I needed him to help me understand the male gender. Mm-hmm. I needed him to say, no, you can't date that person. And no, mm-hmm. they don't have your best interest at heart. I needed him to say, you know, you are lovely. Mm-hmm. You are worthy. You are valuable. I needed all those things. And so in my adult life, I had to be honest and say, you know what, I missed this. And then after you're honest, you got to cry about it. You have to, you have to grieve those things and, and grieving can take so many forms. 
There are so many strategies or tactics that counselors use to help you process your pain. Uh, And again, it's not a straight line. Grieving is a spider web. And um, I think just being patient with yourself and um, gentle and kind and gracious with yourself to allow yourself to process the pain. Mm-hmm. How, however that looks, um, you know, and, and I would encourage those who are listening, if you have, if you're raising daughters or if you yourself are a woman who uh, is fatherless or you have father wounds, I would encourage you to enlist the support of a trusted, um, sound, professional, licensed Christian counselor. Because sometimes we are unprepared for the emotions that appear when when we do start the process of grieving. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm mad. I'm just mad. Where did this even come from? So that's a little bit of uh, the role that honesty and grief have played in my healing journey. That's so good. And you touched on forgiveness as well. So I know forgiveness really impacts our healing. So how did forgiveness look for you? I think for me, um, one thing I've discovered on this journey is that forgiveness is not a one-time deal. You know, we kind of um, approach forgiveness like a to-do list, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, hey, forgive so-and-so. Check, I did that. Yeah. But we forget that we can mm-hmm. be triggered. We can be triggered in Target. Target. Mm-hmm. We can be triggered in the Starbucks mm-hmm. line waiting on a coffee. You know, Definitely. we can find ourselves all of a sudden it's like we're crying uncontrollably or we're angry and we don't know where that came from or we're super sad, you know. And so forgiveness, what I discovered may need to happen over and over again, in the sense that we remind our mind, the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. So for me, I learned to will forgiveness. I would confess it out of my mouth. I forgive Mm -hmm. such and such or such and such. Mm -hmm. But then I had to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as an act of my will, I've done this, but I need you to help my mind Mm-hmm. Because the mind does not forget. Mm-hmm. I need you to help my heart because the heart holds on to the hurt and the pain. I need you to do a transformative work in my heart so that I can move forward in faith and trust that any wrong that I've experienced, you will right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just really trusting the process of that um, and doing it over and over again, willing it out of my mouth. Because God has commanded us to forgive. If we name the name of Jesus Christ, he says Mm -hmm. 70 times seven, he's commanded us to forgive. So we know there's no out here. There's no out in this. There's no caveat. So we go ahead and forgive with our mouth. But then we say, God, help my mind and my heart Mm -hmm. to follow suit Mm -hmm. as many times as we need to. Self, nope. Remember, you forgave your father for that. You forgave Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. God, will you help Mm -hmm. me? help my mind and my heart, however many times it, it, it comes up. Exactly. Cause the enemy knows that unforgiveness is going to be a downward spiral, no matter what. 
And we've often heard that God has forgiven us much. And so we we need to forgive. It's it's a good practice because it reminds us of the grace and the forgiveness that God has given to us. So um, I know it's a journey. And like you say, it's not a one-time deal. So moms, as you're starting this new journey, just know forgiveness is going to be part of the process. Not only will you lead your daughters and your children to forgive their dad, and that's going to be a journey because, again, children don't even know what they need to forgive their father for. You understand more than they do, and so you will be forgiving their dad, uh, your husbands, for whatever the pain. So many of our listeners, Kia, are new to this whole journey of raising fatherless girls. Like, this wasn't in their script for their life. This wasn't their plan. And now they have found themselves raising girls without a dad. So what is some general encouragement that you could offer moms who are new to this? You, you know, if if you could speak to your mom, sounds like your mom was amazing, you know, and she was a single mom. But if you could go back, what is something that you would, what's some encouragement you would give to these moms as they're taking on this daunting task? Sure. I think the very first thing I would say would be that parenting starts on your knees. Parenting period is Mm -hmm. one of the most challenging things I have ever done in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But parenting, I'm blessed. Um, That's another example of the faithfulness of God to parent with my spouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I cannot imagine parenting alone. And so I would uh, encourage every mom that is feeling weary and overwhelmed and fearful of the future Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, to get on your knees and pour out your heart to God. Every, every Every concern, every fear, every doubt, every statistic, everything mm-hmm. you've ever read, because, you know, the world will bombard you with, mm-hmm. um, with, with um, negativity in terms of the outcome for right. fatherless girls. So sure. we, don't, we don't need any more of that. Um, and then I would also, and this is something I've done in my own parenting journey, I would also say, write out your prayers for mm-hmm your your daughter um what you hope for her for example you can write out a prayer for her husband you can write out a prayer for her Mm self-esteem you can write out a prayer for her purity you can write out a prayer for her confidence you can write out a prayer for her career Mm -hmm. Uh, every everything Mm -hmm. everything and you can add to it this is something that I do in my own life with my own kids and I Pick a day of the week and pray for my kids and just read that prayer out over and over and over and over and over again and watch God do immeasurably more Mm -hmm. than you could ask or imagine. You know, God works with lack. He works with lack. We see that over and over in the Bible. He's rooting for the underdog. I mean, Jesus took the two fish and the two fish and the five loaves of bread. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what he did with the, the widows, um, mm-hmm. 
flower, the flower that she had. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how he used um, Ruth, the the Moabitess, you know, mm-hmm. and from from her, the the lineage of Jesus came. God works with lack. He works with little. So when we are staring at what appears to be lack and we're saying it's not enough and and this is the potential outcome and I'm afraid, we need to take what we have to God and we need to pray and we need to say, God, I know that it is your will for every woman to be whole, for every woman to know that she is loved and she is valued and she is wanted and she is affirmed and she is treasured by you. God, will you help me? Mm-hmm. Because right now it's looking pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Take it all to the foot of Jesus, to the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and ask him to move mightily on your behalf. And I personally, personally believe that, that he will do that. Mm-hmm. Then I would also uh, say to pray for um, godly, godly, godly male influences mm-hmm. in your daughter's life. And and I'm saying that very cautiously, very mm-hmm. cautiously, because a fatherless daughter or a daughter with father wounds is already very vulnerable mm-hmm. to a male influence. So this is not something that we can casually do. We can't casually put male influences in our life, but I would pray. I would pray and then I would wisely and still with caution um, venture out into having some male influence in my daughter's life. But I'm saying that with caution, 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 caution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that was my story. My, uh, I call him my uncle cousin. He's now gone to be with Jesus, um, Raymond. But he served as a, a stand-in dad for me. And it was really the best thing up until the day he died. He was like a father to me. Mm. And then also I had a pastor in my life that was also um, a father figure. Um, and their influence in my life was invaluable. And then the other thing that I would say is, uh, there's a lot I could say, but I would say over affirm, over affirm. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything you want them to know and believe about themselves, over communicate it. Mm -hmm. If you want them to know that they're loved, over communicate it. If you want Mm -hmm. them to know, uh, to be confident and to um, have a high self-esteem or to not, rely on their outward appearance to determine their worth mm-hmm. over communicate that and and be involved this is this is a new day because we have social media For sure. uh, <laughs> you know and girls are really bombarded in a way that they uh have not been before so everything that i experienced i grew up in the 80s and the 90s you know is exasperated mm-hmm. it it is 10 times harder for girls so you really need to get in there. You really need to pray with them. You really need to ask God for help um, because this is this is not something you can do on your own. Absolutely. You've said so many good things. The first being prayer. I mean, you can't, you can, but it's not going to go well. You can't raise children and be a mom without prayer. And there's seasons of our own journey of motherhood and I have found as um, I'm raised mine, I'm now a grandmother that I've grown in prayer to a level I wish I knew and understood when mine were younger. But thank you for reminding us of the importance of prayer, taking all these fears, taking the reality, 
taken every circumstance to the Lord who is Father. And he will bring people, uh, men, into the lives of our daughters as a vessel for his fathering. And you couldn't express enough caution that we have to be careful in those relationships. One thing, anytime a man was going to be involved with my children, especially my daughters, the wife had to be there as well. And so I would encourage you moms to be on the lookout for couples who can mentor your girls and be wise because um, not all relationships are healthy and what we would think they're going to be. But I will also say God will protect your girls. He's able to protect them. So be be a prayer warrior for God to protect them physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. But again, it's important for our girls to have these role models. One of the beautiful things that I experienced without a father to my children, a dad, I could kind of pick and choose the cream of the crop. You know, our earthly fathers aren't perfect and we all want a perfect father. And so one of the things that was kind of a benefit to my children not having a dad was I could expose them to the men who were doing a really awesome job and include them in the lives of my girls. And so that has to be Holy Spirit led. And we just pray that God will give you the wisdom, the discernment, and he'll bring those father figures, mentors into the lives of your girls. So one last thing is, it's one thing to start with a young girl and to raise her without a dad, but sometimes that father wound comes when they're teenagers, when they're at a very pivotal place in their lives, when they're really doubting their worth, they're feeling insecure about their outward appearance, they don't have a solid relationship with the Lord perhaps, and now all of a sudden, bang, they they have this loss. So what would you encourage moms who have a teenage daughter and that loss comes, how would you encourage the mother to care for her daughter and to encourage her daughter at that time? Sure. And I I am just teetering into the teenage years with my own kids. Um, and one of the things I am discovering is that they don't really want your advice <laughs> on that. No, they don't. <laughs> you know, so the way that you approach a teenager is going to be quite different. I think I would do the best I could to find out how they're doing. Uh, and then I would probably seek out the support. If if you're in a church home and I, I would encourage you to join one if you are not, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has a really good uh, team ministry, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to talk to them about it and see what is the best approach. You know, some of our ministries are equipped with counseling. They are equipped with um, peer counselors or that the kids have small group leaders. And oftentimes what I've discovered with teenagers is that you need someone else that has your same philosophy of life and and believes in Jesus and, you Mm -hmm. know, just is that will give them the same advice that you would offer or the same counsel that you would offer. It's just not coming from you because the likelihood is they might not want to hear it from 
you and then couple that with prayer. You know, uh, sometimes we pray many years uh, about the things that we see in our children and we don't see the manifestations of our prayers until years and years later. So I would encourage you to faithfully pray. Um, and, and then there is a, a vigilance that's involved as well, uh, whether it be putting some, some practical things you can do, you know, um, monitoring media, uh, monitoring social media usage. That's, that's going to be tricky, but the, it's something that I think you have to do because because girls might go outside looking for validation. They have access to so many things. Some predatory type men are so um, sly mm-hmm. in terms of being able to send your child a DM on Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. or a private message on Facebook if they're on there or, you know, just all these different things. So you really have to be vigilant and and smart and savvy. And and one of the great places to get some guidance on that would be the teen ministry at your church. If they're really on top of their game and they know what's trending and what's taking place with with teenagers, um, they can really provide you with some assistance. Um, So that is the suggestion. But I think prayer Prayer more than anything and and asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. God says if you, in his word, if you lack wisdom, if any man lacks wisdom, he should ask. So start there. And I believe that God will direct your path and, and show you what you need to see, what you need to do, who you need to talk to, what you need to say, when you need to be silent, um, when you need to hug. When you need to listen, when you need to put down whatever you're working on, stop the dishes, stop dinner and and spend time with her. So good. So good. I was told, pray, don't say. And that's not easy sometimes for moms. But um, during those teenage years, it's back to mentors. You know, they're going to listen to other voices. So be intentional about watching their friendships. That starts before the teenage years. But manage those friendships you can't control but you can definitely pray for god to bring godly friends and often your daughter might have a friend who she's kind of woven into that family that has a father figure and a mom and so you have to be intentional about putting other voices in their life and then um i think moms model you're going to model a lot for your teenagers they're going to watch you even though you think they're not, they're watching you. They're watching how you talk about their dad. So be careful how you talk about their dad. Um, they're going to watch how you forgive their dad. You are you are modeling so much more than you could ever say to them, which is crucial. So, so be careful with that. But again, Kia takes us back to our knees. And don't discount the power of prayer. Pray for your girls. Pray for them to see God as Father, to see Him working in their lives, and pray for others to point that out to them, and just trust God. Again, He is able to change hearts. He's able to draw His daughters to Himself. He's able to heal and restore our souls, 
and he is able to take what was meant for evil and turn it to good. So thank you so much, Kia, for pointing us to God as Father and talking about your own story and how it's been a journey for you. I would encourage our listeners to check out Kia's podcast, Hope for Women with Father Wounds. And also, I believe you're releasing a book next year, Overcoming Father Wounds. Tell us a little bit about your book, Kia. Yeah, I'm super excited. It is with Ravel Books, which is an imprint of Baker Publishing Group. And it's entitled Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. And I'm super excited to be uh, really uh, taking the the readers by the hand and walking them through my own personal journey so that they too can know hope and healing and and how to overcome wounds that have impacted them from their father. And then I would also say that another resource that I have that's available is a version plan called the Forgiveness Dare. And mm-hmm. all they need to do is just look that up on version and it'll just, it's a five-day plan that'll walk you through forgiving uh, anyone for anything. But since we're specifically talking about fathers, it will help to walk daughters through the process of forgiving their fathers. That's amazing. Is that something mothers and daughters could possibly work through together? Certainly, certainly. There are questions at the end of every devotional, as well as a prayer that you can pray and focus scriptures. And um, outside of that, for those who are interested in keeping up with me and finding out when the book releases or when it's available for pre-order, you can connect with me at www.kiastevens.com. Amazing. We'll definitely have all of this in the show notes. So you'll be able to to link to those and look for those resources. So thank you so much, Kia. You're a blessing and you've been an encouragement of hope to moms raising kids without a dad. I would like to close today if you would be willing to pray a prayer of blessing over the moms and these fatherless girls. Certainly. God, we just honor you. We honor you in in this moment, God, and we bless you, Lord. There are so many things, God, that we don't understand, God, in our finite understanding, but Lord, you are infinite. God, you are omniscient, God. You are omnipresent. You are with us always, Lord. And for the mothers that feel alone, that feel isolated, God, that are riddled with anxiety and doubt about the future, I pray that you would be a God of all comfort. Mm -hmm. God, I pray that you would heap hope on them. Mm -hmm. God, until it overflows, God, that they would have all joy and all peace, God. Father, that they would cast their anxiety upon you, Lord, and with confidence know that you care for them, God. I pray, God, that you would change the trajectory of any daughter's life that is going in a downward spiral, God, that you would come in and you would arrest their hearts and that every daughter that's represented on this podcast by way of her mother, whoever is listening, God, or if she herself is listening, God, Father, that you would uh, give her tangible reminders in her soul that she would know she is loved, God. 
She is cherished, God. She is not a mistake, God. She is not an accident. She mm-hmm. is wanted by mm-hmm. you, God, that you have a purpose and a plan for her life, God. I pray that it would reverberate in her heart and she mm-hmm. would not doubt, but she would know with certainty that she is loved by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that she is special and seen, God. And I pray for every mother that every mother would know it as well, God. Father, that she would rest in you, knowing that you are a safe place where she can find refuge, God. We thank you, God, Father, that you meet our needs. You supply all of our needs. So whatever need is on the table in any life of any mom or any daughter, God, I'm asking you, God, to meet those needs, God. And I'm looking, Lord, with anticipation of what you're going to do in the lives of these daughters and these mothers. God, thank you that your word said, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, neither has it entered to the heart of men the things that God has in store for those that love him, God. And so we thank you, God. We bless you, Lord, and we honor you in Jesus's mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Kia. Moms, thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this with your friends. For for any ladies out there who might have their own father wounds, this would be an encouraging episode to share with them. And for those of you who are raising girls without a dad, you have hope. And so the Lord bless you. 